Hello, hello, hello. This episode of the Exit 5 podcast is brought to you by Apollo.io. If you share a pipeline goal with your sales team, then you care about the deliverability of your team's outbound emails. No email visibility means no chance to get that meeting. This is the silent nightmare for marketers. We often don't even know that this is happening. The most common cause of it, it's actually an easy one to fix. You're not using the right tool. That's why hundreds of marketers at companies like Mutiny are switching to Apollo.io. Apollo has every tool you need to power your entire outbound and inbound motions. Yep, that's right. I said inbound emails too. You can ask their team about what that is. Marketers using Apollo have seen outbound email deliverability jump from 62% to 98% after making the switch. 98%, that means more replies, more meetings, and of course, more pipeline. Want to see what type of results you can get with Apollo? Head over to apollo.io slash e5, apollo.io slash e5. If you go there right now, their team will set you up with a free account for you. And as a thank you for your time, check this out. You're going to get a free annual membership to Exit 5. That's valued at $275 just for checking them out. And the tool is free. If you're not already a member, this is a great opportunity. And if you are and you want to learn more, go to apollo.io slash e5. This episode of the Exit 5 podcast is brought to you by DemandWell. DemandWell is the best SEO solution for B2B SaaS marketers. They've helped customers like Lessonly drive 40% of their revenue from organic search, and they help Terminus make organic search their number one source of demos. Here's how it works. Number one is results. Demandwell is built for driving the outcomes that B2B marketers care about. Demand, traffic, leads, and revenue. Number two is ease and control. Junior team members can follow recommended steps right in the platform, while experts can customize and maintain full control over their work. Number three is speed. With everything in one platform, Demandwell helps you crank out content that ranks and drives leads in minutes rather than hours. SEO expert or not, you can give Demandwell a try and listeners of the Exit 5 podcast can get a free competitive SEO audit to see just how you're ranking relative to the competition. Go to demandwell.com backslash FOMO, that's F-O-M-O, and you can get a free SEO consultation today right from Demandwell, that's demandwell.com backslash FOMO, F-O-M-O, and you'll get a free SEO consultation today. One, two, three, four, exit. My guest on this episode of the Exit 5 podcast is Jake Randall. He is the COO at Common Room. All right, Jake Randall is here. Jake, good to see you. We met early days of drift at a dinner in San Francisco. Right. Just set some context for people. Um, give your, your background, your story, sure. and a little bit of context on, on why we're chatting today so they can get familiar with you. Yeah, absolutely. It's good to see you again, first of all. It's always fun when when those small world stories come around, right? I remember that dinner well. So let's see. I grew up in Boston, which is relevant because that's where you're from and your time at Drift. I like to say that actually interesting Boston fact about me. I work on the on the big dig. So if there's any Boston listeners out there, I was in local twenty two, the laborers union. But then worked in Boston after school, started my career in Investment banking, did a healthcare startup because at least at the time, Boston did more healthcare than tech. And then uh, that went okay, I'll say. But then joined Okta 11 years ago, maybe. 
And uh, when Okta was about 30 people and no revenue, then was at Okta for 10 plus years uh, as we grew. So plenty of fun stories in there. But um, one of the things, I guess, I always owned, or I'll say co-owned with like our CMO and CRO, a lot of our go-to-market strategy and operations. And so that's how uh, Dave and I met because I was like, you know what? People don't want to just get cold emails. Like maybe they just want to talk to someone. There's this cool company Drift out there. Um, so we met through there. And then I ended up running one of our two main product lines by the end of my time at Okta, which was a very developer-focused product line. And so got really into DevRel and similar to the Drift story, the idea of like, there's different ways to interact with your users and they don't want always that traditional, you know, email marketing or they're not going to come to trade shows always or all those traditional kind of things you might think about. And so started looking at that and eventually found a company, Common Room, where I'm now the COO of it, where we work with a lot of the top community-led companies. So our customers are DBT. You had a great session with their oh, yeah. kind of marketing, right? So DBT is a big customer, Figma. You may have seen them in the news recently. They had a great exit, or I guess they're like close to having the exit as it may be. There's a whole process there. I, I did the off zero acquisition at Okta for six and a half billion dollars. So I'm, I'm, I'm aware of all the legal hurdles that you've got to go through after the announcement. But so, yeah, Figma, DBT, Asana, Atlassian, Webflow, think of all these companies that have really thought about a different way to go to market. I thought your session with DBT was, was amazing. And that's really what Common Room tries to do. So we're a community growth platform. And we work with companies to understand those users and basically meet those users where they are and in turn, hopefully have, you know, better, more authentic conversations to drive your growth. Can you just give me like a quick overview of like the, how do they use your product? Is it a community? Like, is it intelligence? Is it like where people yeah. actually are? I'm not familiar. Also, Absolutely. I have a bunch. Of, I have a bunch of follow-ups. I was trying to. Yeah, yeah, tons you know, of questions. Yeah, well, I, have, I have a, bun- a bunch of follow-ups to that. We can talk that, about uh, before we, we even talk about community. I have a bunch of things I want to. I know. Ask I mean, about, so. I can. We we could probably do an hour just on going from thirty people and no revenue to you know five thousand people and whatever it was one point three billion in revenue when I left Okta, right? <laughs> so, yes. common room intelligent community growth platform. What we do is we connect into anywhere community is is happening. And so I think one of the important things that we really try to focus on is often when you hear community, you you think forum, right? So you think, oh, like you've got a Discord or a Discourse or a Slack or maybe, you know, you've got one of the more, you know, if you, you know, use Insighted, right? I'm a big fan of Gainsight and, you know, everything Nick's doing over there and they spot in Insighted. Really for us, community is it's not just that. Community is there's, you know, I'll use DBT as, as an example, just since you had them on, they've got GitHub repos, right? And there's people talking about what they do in subreddits and people tweet at folks, right? If, if you look at Figma, the number of times people are tweeting at them with product questions is unbelievable. So like they have all these forums, but the reality is you can't really dictate where your users are going to come ask their questions, right? Or where they're going to go find out more information. So we connect in to all those different platforms, right? So Twitter, LinkedIn, Reddit, GitHub, go through the list, right? Your actual forums, Discourse, Discord, if you use Chorus. It's like a, it's like a take on like... Um... It's like a CRM. Take, take a take on like so, social listening. Yeah. Yeah. So like it often comes up that way. Our whole thing is we really focus then on you understanding who that person is, where they work, 
in what they're actually saying. So like you could call it social engagement, <laughs> right? Versus listening. Like we, we don't want you to listen. We want you to actually understand that this is Dave and he tweeted this at you. And then he asked this question in a subreddit and then he came into your discourse and talked about that. And then um, we use GPT-3. So we work, I guess, both ways. There's a great partnership with OpenAI. They're a great open source solution. And so then we're layering on intelligence so we can tell you, is someone reporting a bug? Are they asking for product support? Are they you know, asking about Got it. a demo or a POC? And then we connect in with your CRM, your traditional CRM. All right, Jake Randall is here. Take all that engagement and actually act upon it, right? And understand who they are, what they care about, so you can meet them where they are. Yeah, or like a common thing now is like I, I you know, at least the companies that I that I talk to, I push the founders to be active on social media and LinkedIn is especially in B two B. LinkedIn is the place for that. Yep. And sometimes like I'll I'll send them a Slack message and be like, look at this, like this is a huge account that just commented on your totally. someone at a huge account, billion dollar company commented on your post, and it's like so we track that I'm for you. Never really so know we'll what to do with. Ne- or you, or, 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 there's no way to track that, right? There's no way to or like or you don't Unless like get, you use get points room. for that in, in the marketing score. Yeah. Unless okay. you use comment room. So like literally in that case, we have we tell you again like what people and what organizations are interacting with you. So like one of the common workflows that might be might be a helpful way to think about it is we give alerts to your SDR team. Hey, this new organization just interacted with you, and right? And here's what they're asking about. And if you want to like extend that out, what we see is much higher conversion rates for that, to use the example of, of these SDR teams, higher conversion rates, because rather than sending, you know, an email sequence at them, right, which we all get and we don't always open, I'll just say, appreciate all the hard work of the SDRs out there. It's a thankless job. Instead of when you go and, you know, let's say they it's on LinkedIn or they post something in like a subreddit and you go and respond to them there, well, they're looking for an answer. Like they already kind of raised their hand and said, hey, I'm looking for help. I'm, I want to engage in a conversation. So when you go engage them where they are, the likelihood of getting a response and getting to that next that you're looking for is much higher. So how do we alert you that someone's out there talking about things, right? So, you know, sometimes use like Sixth Sense as an example to like look for intent. Our whole thing is like, no, no, yeah. people are out there talking about things. You just got to go meet them where they are, right? Yeah, I mean, I see this in a different in a different way. So like through, well, similar way, but like, I'm not a vendor, I'm not a SaaS yeah, company. Right. But through my community, through the Exit Five community, it's there's so many startups that like are not in there that I'm like, man, if you were in there, like literally, some someone will 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 post like, hey, we're comparing. Hey, my my boss has asked me to look about yeah. look at this tool versus this tool. What do you think? And then like, 15 people comment, hop in, and it's like that's the value of the community is like in general, right? Like you and me work. Let's say we work in similar fields. We want to get answers yeah. from our peers. That makes sense. That's how people actually buy. Exactly. <laughs> the problem is though, like that stuff is not like, and then if you, you look at like all of the marketing tactics, the things that we do in marketing are just, they don't match that because they're not things that, because that thing is harder to measure. We like to like create some ads or do a campaign or, or yep. what, you know, whatever we do and be like, yep, yeah, we got X people to open that. But I think it's, you're one of the companies and there's, there's a, a lot of conversation around this space for sure. But like, yeah this is what the future of marketing is going to be, which is like build a great product, build a brand that people know about, get yeah. to know, like, and trust. And then like those conversations are going to happen everywhere online. 
it's not about trying to force them onto like, well, you got to go convert on this landing page. That yeah, no, a hundred percent. For us to so do something you with think that. about it as you know, we have all, as you can imagine, we do have marketing. We've got great marketing, but you know, like we have all sorts of fun visuals around. There is this whole other top of funnel that you're not listening to, right? And if you, you know, and if you believe that the analyst firms, which we could also have a whole conversation about, <laughs> I know what they're talking about, but like you know, Gartner will tell you you have 5% of your buyer's time during their eval or that, you know, 85% of decisions already made before they ever hit that landing page that you're talking about. Well, like, where is that happening? Well, what's happening yeah. in these conversations? I like, um, I like to use this. Uh, somebody shared with me a while back, this quote from Seth Godin, and he was talking about somebody, it was some AMA that he did. And yeah. somebody, they asked him the difference between B2B and B2C in his mind. And he said that, the difference is with B2C, it's like, that's your own money. With B2B, you're spending the money of your company. Mm -hmm. And so when you're spending the money of your company, you have a different perception about like, or different expectations. And so like when it's a bigger purchase, when there's much more money and decisions and career stuff on the line, you're going to either buy the product that you used before. Oh, I was at Okta and we used X. We used yep. HubSpot. We're going to buy that again because I already know that, right? Or you're going to use like the cheapest one or like less expensive because you're not, so you don't blow the budget where like the opportunity is to be the company that creates a story for them. Like we did this in the early days at Drift. I know yeah. HubSpot did this really well. It was like, Hey, look, here's this company that you may not know yet, but like, I love them. I've been reading their blog, you know, for three yep. months or I listen to their podcasts and like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they don't have all the features yet, but like, I just, I just feel like I believe in their, their philosophy and how they're doing things. I think that's the opportunity and it's just hard for oh, yeah. marketers to like harness that in some way. No, I, I think that's all the time. I, I think, you know, things have also become more and more digital, but I think your point around the difference between B2B and B2C is a really good one. And there's still this element of like trust, right? That comes down to some of these decisions. There's a reason why you have sales teams and customer success teams is ultimately for a big purchase, or this is, you know, in my opinion, you still want someone you can say, hey, like I trust you, right? And I know you're gonna take care of me and you're gonna make me successful because I'm putting my career on the line buying this tool or whatever it may be. To your point, I think I'm not suggesting that by any means that sales or those traditional teams will go away, but I do think more and more of that trust is being built through these conversations happening, you know, in these digital channels with your peers, to your point in exit five community where like, hey, I'm looking at X versus mm -hmm. Y. What do people think? And that mm -hmm. is actually how you get comfortable. That's how you build trust with that decision you're going to make and how now as a company, because to your point, when I, I appreciate you saying this, this is the future of marketing. I certainly think so, but I'm biased. How do you engage in those conversations or understand what's happening in an authentic way is what I'll say, right? Let's talk about defining community because it does Ooh. come up a lot on this podcast. Yeah. In the Exit 5 community, it sounds like your take is not, it's not just one place, but I'm curious yeah. to hear how you, how you think about that. I Well, certainly, I, I don't think of it as one place, given what I've already said. I really think about it as any place folks are coming together to talk about shared interest to some extent, right? And that community, you know, like visually, I often think about it as these like Venn diagrams, almost, right? So people might be talking about things on Twitter, right? Or they might be talking about something on LinkedIn or other places. And also, in this, but there's going to be multiple people that are in both place. And that broader Venn diagram of all those conversations is your community where this discourse, not the actual tool, but the conversations are happening. 
And what becomes really interesting then, so I mean, I'll stop. that's kind of how I think about it. But then what I think is really interesting is if you know it's happening in all these different places, because you can't always force someone to come somewhere to talk about it, how do you understand these common threads? So different, you know, like similar topics, or often you have people that are super passionate about it, that are talking about it in these different places, right? And how do you know that Dave is an influencer, essentially, in that community? That is engaging across these different channels and, and spaces and helping to drive that conversation. And I think I'll just a quick story. There's a great blog article that Claire Butler, if you want to learn about community and the growth. So Claire was the first marketing hire at Figma. I think she's like the, like the 10th hire. She's still there. She's our champion at, at Figma. She talks about how they built Figma by basically going out. She's also a multi, a multi-millionaire. She's now a multi-millionaire also. Just after yeah, that. I would, yeah, like at least, right? Um, <laughs> good for her because, you know, when she joined, like they weren't even selling their product. They're trying to figure it out. And the way they figured it all out, and, you know, again, there's this great article out there that everyone should go search for if you're interested was they went out and they found who were the people that were influencing the design conversations. And I think that's a really interesting point when it comes to community, where it's also community isn't necessarily the community around Common Room or Okta or hmm. Exit 5. There's also this broader conversation, like there's a community around, in this case, design, right? And if you're thinking about how to influence and like bring people into your funnel, right? Because you're a marketer, there's people out there talking about what you do and if you can go find those people and find those conversations, like that is actually a really powerful motion to create. So you've mentioned HubSpot has a great community around HubSpot, HubSpot, right? HubSpot's also a customer of Common Room, but they also have a community around like inbound marketing, right? You're, like mm -hmm. what, what they started doing early on was saying, hey, there's a different way to market. So let's create a lot of content out there around inbound marketing. And so there's almost like these two levels of community. There's this like ecosystem kind of community of practice, it's often called. And then eventually you can bring them into a community of like a, a product that's more specific to what you do. I think DBT talked about it, that also, right? In your podcast a couple of months ago. Around like, first, let's go find out people that care about this. And then we start to bring them closer to us. Yeah, I mean, like just using that HubSpot example, right? You, you talk about HubSpot has a, HubSpot has a community but there isn't one, it's not like, they don't mean a Slack group that all of their people are in. And I right. think this is one of the biggest, I don't know if it's a myth, but I think community is one of the, I would say like top two or three trends in B2B marketing that people yeah. are talking about now with along with like, you know, product-led growth and, and other stuff. Yep. I think this is the approach that like, we did this at Drift. We didn't have a specific community like a yeah. Facebook group, yep. but the community was, we created this movement of people that were kind of doing marketing in a different way. And Gave them yeah. multiple channels. The hard part is people don't like to take that approach because it becomes hard to yeah. measure, right? So I think that one challenge I see right now with everybody talking about community is I think everybody is going to, I'm a SaaS company, I'm going to create a community. That means that I am SaaS vendor and my community is at this branded domain yep. or this Slack group. And I'm, I'm not saying that that can't work. Company I just think that yeah. the reason that we do that is because it's easier to track and easier to manage and easier to, to measure. But I think that ultimately it's that type of thinking that you, that you talked about there, which is like, how do you become a resource? How do you become an expert? How do you become a resource for the people in your industry? And how do you be positioned at, how can you be positioned as be that brand? And so one example of a company that I that 
I just happen to be working with, but they're doing this now is a company called Goldcast. They're in the digital events, virtual events space. Yeah. And their approach to community is not one place. They are, they, 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 they like have a community, they have a place where you could go and chat. Right. Yep. But it's more like they're trying to become the number one resource for event marketers. I love that approach, which is like, we're yep. going to, if you sell to HR, if you sell to finance, if you sell whatever, like be the expert for those people have multiple channels. And, and I get, I see what you're doing now, which is like, okay, you can be the tool to measure all that. But I, yeah. I just want people listening to not take like any of the community stuff is like, it doesn't just mean like, go do a Facebook group, go do a Slack group. It can yeah. be, what do you want to be known for? And how can you create a place where like people are going to have those conversations across all different platforms? I totally agree with that. And I'd say that it's funny just to act or like to a point on that a number of companies that come inbound into our website and they're like, Hey, we've heard about you. We're early. We're just starting to spin up our community. We're trying to look, you know, we're debating between Slack or discord or Discord, you know, whatever it may be. And I'm like, no, no, like you don't get it. So like one of the like things is like, you have a community, you're just not listening. Right. Like there's probably like, you know, you could be because you live in Boston. I'll joke about it. There's Boston sand and gravel. If you're coming, you know, southbound on 93, right into the city. I bet there's people out there talking about like sand and gravel somewhere. Right. Like just use a really random example. There's a community out there that cares about that. Right. You're just not engaging in it. You're just not listening. And I think that like that's one of the big misconceptions right? Just echo that. And I think, so I just encourage everyone listening, if you're thinking about community, because it is kind of a buzzword to your point right now. Yeah. Just think about that. There's a community, you're just not listening. Go find it. Go find the subreddit. Hey, it's Dave. This episode of the Exit 5 podcast is brought to you by Apollo.io. If you share a pipeline goal with your sales team, then you care about the deliverability rate of your team's outbound emails. No email visibility means no meetings. This becomes the silent nightmare for us marketers. You often don't even know that this is happening. And the most common cause of it, it's actually an easy one to fix. You're not using the right tool. That's why hundreds of marketers at companies like Mutiny are switching to Apollo.io. Apollo has every tool you need to power your entire outbound and inbound motions. Yep, that's right. I said inbound emails too. You can ask their team about it. Marketers using Apollo have seen outbound email deliverability jump from 62% to 98% after making the switch. 98%, that means more replies, more meetings, and of course, more booked pipeline. Want to see what type of results you can get? Head over to apollo.io slash e5, apollo.io slash e5 right now and book a meeting with their team to get set up. And as a thank you for your time, they will give you a free annual Exit 5 membership for booking a meeting that's valued at $275. Go check them out, apollo.io slash e5. Let's go find the Discord server about it. Go find whatever it may be. And if you start there, that's often a really powerful place. Yeah, I, I like to use, like, I think from a content, from a brand and content strategy standpoint, I think I like to think about, like, so if we were creating, if you and I were creating a new company in the sand and gravel space, right? Ooh. I think I would think that our best marketing, it sounds hot, right? Our, our best marketing strategy would be to be a company. I won't make as much money as Claire, sadly. <laughs> I don't know. You don't know. Um, uh, we Sorry, can, I, over, we I talked over you the there. Yeah. It's okay. We could bring it to the cloud. Yeah. We'll bring sand and gravel to the cloud. Perfect. Um, but I think to me, let, like, let's say that was the company, the strategy would be, huh? okay, we're a company in this space. There's a lot of people talking about sand and gravel. Our marketing strategy is going to be to like 
push that narrative further or to create content around that or to educate people about that. And so like you want to create something that is so good and so interesting or entertaining or valuable that people are not like, I've never heard of this company before. They're like, oh, interesting. Here is a a two day event focused on this category of sand and gravel happens to be put on by Dave and Jake's company. Right. And so I think like that to me, especially in B2B, when, when we go back to that Seth Godin, Godin quote before, we're like, you want to be the, the guy, the tour guide, the expert. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's where this is such an important thing to, yeah. to figure out how to harness. Well, and, there's, and all those, and to the point of chant, like one of the integrations that we have is we integrate with like Bevy or Meetup, right? So it's also not just digital, but it's like you do meetups, right? And you get those people together in those cities to talk about things, right? And then they bring their friends next time. Right. Or you, you know, or like you have, you know, user conferences, right? Like Figma manages their, their speakers that are at their conf, they're going to be inviting to their conferences via common room. Right. So like you're finding those different ways to all those different channels to create something. Right. And then yes, you track them. And then, you know, often part of it is how do you have a place to continue that conversation? Right. And that can be your Slack channel or that can be whatever it may be. When you talk about the Figma using, are they using it to like source speakers? Like, yeah, hey, exactly. here's interesting people. Yeah, I, I love that. I love that yeah. as another, like the amount of content ideas that I've gotten from hosting my own community. And yep. this is different than we're talking about is the ROI on this is like, if you just look at it as straight up like sales ROI, then it's, yeah. that's one slice of it. But I love yeah. that example. Like, hey, here's where the, here's, here's who's interesting talking about this space. Yeah. Hey, here's someone who we see across, you know, five different channels, right? And, you know, whenever they post, they get massive engagement, right? And there's, you know, back and forth and everyone, you know, right? There's great conversation happening in those. Okay, well, like, let's not just go grab the person at our, you know, at our highest paying customer, though you do that a little bit at conferences too. Let's go find the people that our community loves hearing from, Right. And now we know that and like, you know, tons of cool stories like that, or like we'll help you find one of the things we do with our NLP is give you um, original content that people are posting, right? And that becomes hugely valuable. So when you think about that, like that brand, I'll call it aspect that you are so good at or are good at, I should say, but certainly was a big part of drift success, right? But like, it's not just you putting out content. It's like your communities creating things, right? And so like, hey, people will like often, you know, Hey, I created this blog about how to use Figma to keep using that, right? Okay, great. Well, like, how do we know about that immediately, which Common Room can help you with or do for you? Then how do we amplify it and how do we leverage that? And so there's there's a million use cases there. And there's also hard ROI that we're starting to be able to uncover, which we can talk about also, or like more, I'll say, traditional ROI. <laughs> I love that approach because I think, especially in the B2B context, so many of the people that you're selling to like just as humans, you become passionate about a product. So if you're a designer and you use Figma every day, you end up having this idea, like I have like five like hacks that I use and like, here's five ways I use Figma. The problem is you're a designer and you work at a company who you're not gonna like write a blog post for your company and share that. And so what you do is you go to Reddit and you go to other forums, but I've always thought like an amazing content strategy for B2B is to basically be the publisher of your like ICP of your dream customers, like of their thoughts. And so like at Drift, we sell to marketers, let's write our own content. But what if our blog becomes like this, this amazing place? Like, how do we make it like 
first round review, you know, first round capital, their blog, amazing, best content right out there for a while. How do we make it feel like, holy shit, like they reached out and they want to like run my article on their blog. And that's actually meaningful for me because that means like, you know, I'll I'll be seen as a star and I'll grow my, my brand and people will like other, you know, I'll connect with other, other designers. I think that's a very underrated thing that I see with B2B SaaS companies. They typically have a customer in a, in a niche that you could basically help be the one to like amplify that voice. Hey, you have interesting stuff to say, but you don't have a platform to say it. Like we'll, we'll help you amplify that. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think, and the other thing I'd say on that, so I a hundred percent agree. And it's also like, I think often what people do is they do like customer case studies, which have a place. I'm not saying you, you shouldn't do customer case studies. They're helpful, but that's like a very different type of asset than what I'd say, what you're referencing which I'm passionate about, which is like this more organic version, essentially, of like, it's not a case study. It's not me working. It's just like, here's what I care about. Here's how I think about doing my job, right? That has, I don't know, like an empathy and authenticity to it that often will resonate a lot more with your with your buyers. Let's go back to what you said about the hard ROI. Yeah. Like, how, how do you measure the hard ROI? Yeah, so... Um, we integrate not only with all these different sources, but into your, your CRM or like your data warehouse, your Snowflake instance, whatever, right? And so not only are we telling you that this is, you know, Dave and he works at exit five, but we're also telling you, do you have an open opportunity with Dave? Are they a customer? You know, that kind of, right? Are they spending this much with you? Are they up for renewal? What kind of, you know, how often are they hitting your APIs? Think about all that data you would want to think about. And so in doing that, what we can do is tell you, okay, like what amount of your pipeline is in your community first, right? So like what you're actually seeing is um, kind of what we've already talked about. Like you can actually see it play out in the data. So everyone has this kind of like gut instinct that, yeah, maybe like people are like learning from their friends and they're going to hit our website, (laughs) right? But now we can say, no, we saw Dave go back and forth on this LinkedIn post, right? And then he came and he jumped into maybe our Slack to ask a more specific question. And then he started his process with our team. So we're able to start saying like, there's actually like community first or like community qualified or however you want to think about, you know, various acronyms. Like some people- in, you know, in, in, like, in, that, in that example, like when you're setting up, do I have like the tell common room, like, hey, here are the pages or it's like, it, it, that could be anywhere on LinkedIn, this person anywhere. talked about your, your yeah, product. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, you, you mentioned the idea of like social listening. It's probably like, you know, we are very, we want to be very clear that we're not like a social listening tool, but there's a lot of similarities, obviously. And so, yeah, I can see you smirking. Like, it kind of sounds like social listening. You're like, no, it's... <laughs> no, I'm just smirking because like, I don't work at a SaaS company anymore. And I'm yeah. literally just asking, and I'm not familiar with your company. And I'm just asking yeah. you like, as I try to like triangulate yeah. this in my head. Trying, like, like, yeah, yeah, no, totally. But there's a no. Like, oh, yeah. what is this thing? And it's just yeah, yeah. so funny because you do work at a SaaS company. You you guys, you all have clearly had conversations internally. You're like, no, we don't want to be positioned as social listening. So I'm smirking because I know where that come, that's come from. It's like, like, I've been there. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like being at Drift and like, you know, the podcast, like I'm on a podcast and someone's like, so it's basically like live chat. And I'm like, no, it's... <laughs> it's conversational marketing, you idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, I'm just well, having one of those like, moments. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> so <laughs> now I have to like gather myself after like yelling at you. you know, so, all right. Question you're asking, how do you, oh, so we basically, what, what, what we'll do is you'll say, Hey, on LinkedIn in your example, 
show me anytime someone mentions at my company or they have this hashtag or like this set of keywords. So you basically define what you would deem as community engagement across any of those specific channels, right? And each channel is different. So all of our integrations are native and give you that like kind of context, right? So like GitHub to use a much more technical channel that people care a lot about, right? It's like huge for DBT or like we work with a bunch of open source companies, Cribble, Grafana, et cetera. That's like what repos. And then we're telling you, are they starring your repos? Are they forking? Are they doing pull requests? Okay. Right. So, so, so like in my case, it might be like so-and-so like didn't even tag exit five, but so-and-so like wrote a LinkedIn post that was like, is it, is it worth joining exit five? Correct. And if I had everything connected and that was in my universe, I could be like, oh, interesting. This person is already on my email list and now they're on LinkedIn asking about if yep. they should join Exit 5. Correct. Exactly. So you define in that regard what is community across the different channels. And there's a lot of different ways to do that. And as I've kind of talked about just quickly as an aside, like some of it is very, you want to be very, I'll say like prescriptive and like very and like conservative almost. And then there's other companies where like, I just want to know anyone who's talking about machine learning, right? And then there's maybe some noise. And so you have to do some, you know, or statements in your search, if you will, or and statements, I guess, would be the way to think about that. Once you've defined all that, then we're bringing people in. And then through various ways of enriching them and understanding who they are, we're going to match them up with your um, CRM data. And doing that, we can tell you, okay, well, people, you know, so like some of our customers um, that I've mentioned, I won't give like, probably can't give like all the hard, hard facts here on them. But I'll say some of the customers sure. that I've mentioned, literally like 40% of their bookings, they're seeing in their community before they're seeing engagement in their traditional marketing and, and CRM tools, right? So like, that's an amazing stat, right? And then another one, because it kind of can traverse the entire customer journey is... We saw, you know, for one of our companies, we saw that if they're engaged in their community, even like post-sale, right? So post-sale engagement in there, they see, and it's about like, you know, it's not, it's probably like 40 in community, 60% not, but the 40% that is in their community, they have 3x higher feature adoption and over 2x higher ARR, right? And there's probably some mm -hmm. correlation causation conversations there. But what it actually gets down to is by, to your point, creating or, or where we started this conversation, creating that place where you can learn and talk to your peers is actually driving higher adoption, right? And so there's a lot of synergies then with like a PLG motion where you have to be one to many often in that conversation. It's not selling at Okta where it's like, we're gonna roll eight dudes in in like you know a blazer, and we're gonna like spend all day with you, and then we're gonna take you out to dinner, <laughs> right? It's like no, no, no. There is is much more a self serve end user kind of conversation, and so how do you do that at scale? Well, you create a community where people are answering each other's questions and helping you understand what to do here, what to do there, and if you can drive people into that as part of your tactic of onboarding, you see higher usage higher adoption, better conversion, all those things, right? And so I think what a, like maybe in summary on the hard ROI, we see all these different things where it'd be pipeline sourced, you know, ARR sourced, adoption targets, but there's actual like plays that you can run, right? And so it, I think that's what's exciting about it. And as you think about kind of, again, where you started, hey, this is like the future of marketing, which I appreciated you saying, 
it's not just that, like it's this fuzzy thing that's out there. Oh, community. Yay. Right. It's like, no, no, there's actual plays you run, whether it be how your SDRs yeah. go and engage in that. Right. You, so you got it. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's like, uh, you know, five, 10 years ago, it was like social selling was the thing, right? Like, yeah. like there, there are other touch points outside of like when somebody's in your funnel. And I think this is more the future. And like, I guess what I would see your company doing is like, Basically, like if you, if, if the play, if you're, if you're on board with like the playbook of like, there's not a just very linear funnel, lots of conversations yeah. are happening outside. And so as, as a result, you need to like create a brand and build content yeah. and create all these magnets to draw people in. Well, you're missing that like kind of intelligence layer, right? You're only right. able, you're only able to like get those insights from people who have like filled out a form or yeah. like requested a demo. And so this so is how like, can you help bring them in closer or like engage that, right? Cause it's like, Oh, like you're talking about things. Sometimes you just need like yeah. a little bit of like a, and it doesn't just mean like, I, I don't think it's interesting just because it means like, Oh, so-and-so like wrote about you on LinkedIn. I think that there's still like a shitty version. Like this can still enable shitty selling, which is like, Oh, yeah. so-and-so wrote like posted about you on, on LinkedIn, like go message them and try to book a yeah. demo where it's like, no, there's, I think there's, there's multiple layers here, which is like, you're getting, you're getting insights for content strategy and product yep. strategy. And you're seeing like what objections or false beliefs people might have about your company. Yep. So I think it's, it's fueling all those things. Yeah. If you can be a brand who's creating content to be a place for people to have those conversations online, I think this is a hundred percent the way forward. Yeah. And a couple of things, I mean, like I'll just highlight, there's a shitty version of it, which is where you see someone do something in your community and you go and, you know, you hammer them with a sequence, right? <laughs> and so this becomes the art of it all. But what we're seeing is, you know, SDR teams using common rooms say, okay, someone just asked a question about XYZ in one of these places. Well, let's go answer the question, right? Like, I think that's like, like that's, <laughs> I think there's like an authenticity to it versus yeah. saying, someone asked a question, let's go ask them if they, you know, want to engage, like if they have 45 minutes for a demo, they're going to be like, no, I don't. Or today you might not even know. Right. In today's world, you, you might, might not even know, know that, that question was asked. But, yeah. So like, okay, that's totally. So like first, maybe you don't even know that question is being asked. Let's assume you do because you're using common room, hopefully. It's a, we're a, we're a startup. I got to push, right? That's my job. <laughs> but uh, then you, um, but then, you know, it's like, well, like, how do you engage in them in a way that adds value? And maybe that's a different way to think that, too, is like, and what I love about community as I've, you know, gone deeper and deeper, both in my time at Oct, end of my time at Oct, I should say. And, and then the eight months I've been at Common Room is like, it's all value oriented, if that makes sense. Right. It's like you don't just ask you're like, hey, so you signed up for a free trial. Do you have a half hour to jump on a call or I was at the inbound conference a couple weeks ago and uh in their keynote they were saying you know email open rates are like way way down and it's like because all these people are, are, are saying those hey you have a business do you want to talk about business do you have a half hour this week and you're like no i don't <laughs> but if you see they ask the question like and then you go answer it they're like okay that was helpful and then you can be like great i mean that's how it should work that puts like the onus on you to give an answer so like i also think like i see it i see it all the time where someone will write something what about this product versus this product yeah. And like someone will chime in and, and they'll be like, happy to chat with you. Shoot me a note. And it's like, no, no, no. They're asking in a public forum because they want to see the answer. And so like, this yeah. is to me, this is great marketing. And this comes back to having a great product and a strong point of view is yeah. like, answer it. If someone's asking you why you're more expensive than X and you have to answer that privately, then to me, you don't have a good answer versus like, yeah. hey, great. 
thanks. I'm the founder of so-and-so. I saw your comment. Here's a reason why we have it priced like this. You know, it, it's yeah. just like you want those opportunities to answer those totally. questions publicly if you have your and shit together. 100% agreed. And I'd also just add, and like, quite frankly, no one's going to like, or I shouldn't say no one, but you're going to have a pretty low conversion rate on someone being like, yeah, let me take you up on that, like, Calendly link and book time with you, right? <laughs> like, nope, just tell me what I need to know. <laughs> Let's talk about product-led growth for a second, because it yeah. seems like that is the funnel or that is the model for Common Room. That's my question. Pause. Yeah. So is your question, is that the funnel for Common Room right now? My question is, yeah. what does Jake Randall think about product-led growth? And you come from Okta, which is, as you said, just a, a very enterprise yeah, type of sale. <laughs> yeah, I just was on the website. You can do free trial, yeah. but Common Room, you can request a demo. You, there's, a, there's a free version. Yeah, uh, free and, forever. And, yeah, yeah. yeah, there's free forever. But on your website, the you know the logos that I see are enterprise-y type of companies, Asana, yeah. Atlassian, Confluent. DBT Labs, Figma. Yep. I'm just curious how you see the world and you know how you see kind of the, the funnel today. So I would say, yes, we are much more PLG than Okta. Um, I think anything is. I used to joke like people would pay us just because they're like, stop harassing me. Here's money. Just like stop calling me. <laughs> um, so we do have a, we have a free trial. We have a free forever. We have plenty of people that are on our free forever tier. And so we do want to, I guess, you know, be the best version of ourselves to some extent, right? And so, like, we have customers that we never talked to. They just went, that were just in, we have a Slack community that joined our Slack community to talk to their peers. And all of a sudden, like, we get the email, hey, this is awesome. I want to upgrade to the 15K per year tier. So we do all those things. And PLG is a big part of our motion. What I will say, and I think this is a really interesting realization, honestly, that I had. So when I started at the company, I was like, okay, more PLG. And that's definitely part of it. But also, this is a somewhat new thing for a lot of companies. Um, and as we get going, there is an element of needing like sales assist. And we try to make sure that our sellers are much more consultative than like selling, selling. But we need, but like people are often like, okay, this sounds really cool. Like, how do I do this? Right. And I think that's where we're finding that we can get them into the funnel with a product like growth strategy, but that conversion right now, even with the content we're trying to generate, you still need someone to come in and say, Hey, like, let's talk through this. Let's, let's help you really understand how to set up your SDR workflows so that they're meeting people where they are versus sending emails and like, you know, that whole aspect to it. Right. So I don't know if that answered your question. I guess it's like kind of hybrid-y, right? PLG with like a sales assist is, is what I'd say. But one of the things we did actually just quickly, I think it's actually a really interesting story in terms of like building a company. And I can't take credit for this. This was the founding team right before I joined. But rather than just throw something out and like, hey, here's like a free, you know, free product, PLG, whatever, they went around and found what they thought were some of the best communities out there. So Atlassian, Figma, Asana, the ones that we've already talked about and worked really closely with them as design partners. And only once they were willing to pay us money, did we actually go GA and launch our PLG free serve, self-serve product. And, you know, and that comes with challenges, right? Like there's a competitor in the space that was out there sooner. And so they've, they probably got like more mind share 
more quickly than us because of that. But, you know, I feel very confident that we have a better product because we really worked with our customers and built what they would want and made sure they would pay us for that. And only then did we go out to market with it. Right. And so I think that's an interesting aspect too of common rooms growth and how we get these logos. You know, our number one core value is every company will say is customer centricity or customer success. Right. I think we really, you know, live that in the initial um, building of the product. Yeah. I mean, if you can do it, it's a huge advantage. You're like, tell, yeah. tell us the things, you know, obviously you can't listen to all of it verbatim on the, on the funnel. Yep. That doesn't seem to be the entirety of your business strategy. It's, it seems no. like you're, you're going to do other things, enterprise selling outbound, yep. you know, kind of field yep. marketing stuff, but, but you have basically a, an option where if you want to come in through the, yeah. through the free channel, you can. So you know, we have thousands of thousands and thousands of communities that we're now managing for people, right? We don't have thousands and thousands of customers yet, to be clear, right? Um, so there's people that are on our free trial and they're like, yeah. And like, we're like, if you're starting out and you're just kind of getting your feet under you around this new motion that we've been talking about, yeah, use the free version for a bit, right? You know, like we wanted to be really clear that like our free version has more value than like some of our competitors paid tiers, right? Then at some point you want yeah. to upgrade. What we try to do on those, and again, this is not rocket science, this is like a standard PLG motion is you have a community team or DevRel team that's using it an initially and they're seeing a lot of value to do kind of like their job. And then what the sales team can be really helpful in is helping broker that conversation with your CMO or with your CRO or with these other kind of GTM leaders around here's the value of this of this content and this data. Because I think what every company is looking for right now when it comes to their go-to-market motions is context. Like, like they want to understand what does someone care about, right? Why am I just throwing generic, you know, email nurture at them? Right. What if I could tell you that these people are asking about these things? And so then, like, if you do want to do a traditional email nurture campaign, have, you know, five different ones where you've said, here's what I'm seeing you talking about in our community. So you're going to get this. You're going to get that. Those kinds of ideas. Right. And everyone's, yeah. it seems like everyone's investing a lot in like enrichment providers. Right. Every like CMO I talk to is like, oh, I'm doing a lot with, you know, the clear bits, the Zoom infos, et cetera. I'm like, what if I could tell you not only who they are, but like what they're actually talking about? Wouldn't that be more interesting? <laughs> so, you know, there's also the context. Yeah, there. I mean, to me, a lot of that stuff is just basically like a, it's a it's a it's just contact info acquisition. And it doesn't yeah. you know, you're like I'm not I'm not knocking those tools specifically. There's a lot of value and you, you, you honestly need them to, to yeah. do effective digital marketing today. But it's no different than like if 10 years ago, you're like, here's here's a list of. 5,000 names in this space. I think what, yeah. what you have is, is a layer deeper in the funnel, which is like, you know, these are people that are actually talking about you just well, to tie and, up the PLG and thing. they're like I, saying, I think like that's what, right. It's like, not just like, are they yeah. like talking about you? It's like, here's what they're actually saying, here's what they care about. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like, I think the marketing, the whole thing is like, you're trying to match up these ingredients. You're like, well, these are the reasons people are not buying on that. We're hearing on sales calls or churning or yeah. whatever. Here's the chatter in the market about us. Like, this is not just marketing's job to like do this. This is a company strategy level. Like, Hey, their perception is that we don't stand up against X company. Clearly that's what people are saying online, or they don't believe that we're in this space. I think you can get a lot of insight as to like 
how you should be talking in the company story, which impacts every department. I just want to, I want to put a bow on the PLG thing. Yeah. I think another aspect of this is, um, we've shifted to now the whole narrative in B2B SaaS is PLG. Uh, yeah. but people forget like where this came from is, is freemium and freemium can also be an incredible marketing and advertising channel in some ways where like yeah. maybe it's not where all of your revenue is going to come from, but it can be a damn good marketing and awareness channel. And so like all of a sudden more people know about common room because you have a free version that a lot of people can use and get value from that's going to spread goodwill and word of mouth among yep. others. And like those people are going to tell others. I think that's just an underrated piece of this. It doesn't have to just be the entire funnel. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I think part of it's like, I also think of it maybe a diff- as like time to value maybe is like a huge part of the PLG aspect of things. So like, just again, to maybe juxtapose it against my time at Okta, right? Like you couldn't really implement Okta without talking to, I mean, like to be like, like you just couldn't, like you had to go talk to us. You had to have like an SE in there, right? Now with something like Common Room or most tools, you can go set it up, connect all your sources. And just in doing that, again, think like go back to context. I think I'm like a huge proponent of context. Now you know like what channels do they care about? How many people are in their community, right? Like what's it doing to their pipeline? Those kinds of things. And it just gives you everything you need to then go have an actual valuable conversation with them should you choose to, right? Around how you can help their business. So I I think that's the thing too. It's like, it doesn't always, to my mind, it doesn't always mean that like, you're just going to self-serve your way up through these tiers and go from their bronze to their silver to their gold package. It's also a great way to get them in low friction and figure out, is there value here where we can have a pertinent conversation? I want to wrap up and just kind of pick your brain on a different thing. Yeah. Just so obviously Okta, incredibly successful company, you know, $8 billion market cap. You had a great run there. You're a COO of a well-funded going to be successful SaaS company. You've made big acquisitions. You've been in a lot of finance related CEO level, CMO, CRO discussions. Just talk to people about what advice do you have for those who are in revenue generating positions right now? Because it's tough out there right now. There, yeah. there are a lot of people, there are a lot of people that are not buying. There's very few tools that are in like the must have bucket. And if you're in like the perceptions reality, if you're in the nice to have bucket, it's going to be a tough, tough six months to a year for you. Like what are you seeing inside of your company? What, what conversations do you have? Like, what can you keep doing? I mean, it's, it's, it's not, you know, people aren't just printing money in SaaS like they were two years ago. What's going on inside of companies right now? Give me something positive. What can people do? So I think there's a couple of things. One is, so a lot depends on like what stage you're at maybe. And like, you know, there's like a bunch of things to think about, obviously, right? Like what's your burn rate? When do you need to rate? Like, you know, so it's, it's hard to give like one generic answer because there's a lot of inputs to it. What I'd say is I think everyone has focused so much on growth at kind of any cost as it may be, and that's not the answer anymore. And so really figuring out what are the key, like what are those kind of North Star metrics that are gonna be important to the success of your company? So an example might be if you are more of a PLG company or you think, that, you know, whatever, that you're the future of how marketing is going to work. We'll use our conversation, right? Um, maybe it's not always about hitting ARR targets. Maybe it's about making sure that you get customers on board and successful, 
right? And build a plan around what can you do today that will lead to your success in two, three years, right? And then talk that through with your board, with your executives, and be really clear as to those trade-offs and why you think that is the right play, right? So like examples are, you know, like I'll tell you, I've done deals with customers that, you know, they're under a budget pinch. They're in a tough place. And you're like, okay, well, like, how can we make this work? Because I actually believe that if you implement Common Room, that you'll see success, right? And we'll be able to positively impact your business. And so I'll give you a good price right now so we can get in the door. But just to be clear, when we show these <laughs> this value and you're up for renewal or whatever it may be, like it costs X. So I think just being really creative around how you structure things and how you think about the impact it can have long term um, is probably like the biggest thing versus just being, you know, the, everyone was just about like ARR and like growth and like, you know, whatever. I've got a bunch of friends. I played golf with the CMO of Wiz a couple of weeks ago, right? The fastest growing company ever, apparently. You know, and it was all about growth. What is it? Not, Wiz? About Wiz? The fastest growing company ever. I've never, literally never heard of it, so... They clearly need to do my friends the CMO, so I'll tell me to do better marketing. Which who am I? I don't pay attention to much anymore, but yeah, I understand. Um, yeah, but I don't know if that's helpful. But like, just like focus on what are actual indicators of long term success, because the short term things that people were looking at over the last couple of years are really hard to go execute against, and you know you're going to have hard conversations around budget. Um, so figuring out like. I don't know. I call it like the sandbox, but like, what's the sandbox you're willing to play in, right? And how yeah. then do you give your sales team or whomever is in charge of like customer acquisition, if you're more of a PLG, room to maneuver around that with metrics that maybe aren't just dollar figures? Well, I think that's huge because I think that, that to me speaks to like, that just one example is like, if you're not selling right now, the same way you were six months ago and you're not, yeah. you haven't as a company revisited like the go-to-market, the strategy, then like, yep. like you, you can't sell under the same, like we only sell annuals. We don't do any discounts. Right. We don't do any flex. Here's what it is, but, but nobody's buying right now. Okay. Well then like we got, we got to change something. I think that that's where like mostly marketers listen to this podcast, but it's just like a reminder that like, yeah, it's not just on the marketing team, but you can be the one who brings this to the rest. Hey, at, at our next senior leadership team discussion, like, I want to talk about how like our close rate has gone down 50% in the last three months. And like, what are we yeah. doing organizationally to, to fix out, that? Because right? it's yeah. right. It, it, the solution is not like we need more out of marketing for that to happen. Right. This is a company wide issue and we need to figure yeah. out company wide, how we're going to try to attack this. Yeah. I'll give you an example. Sorry. One more example. If it's helpful. So I used to run pricing and patching and deal desk at Okta also. So I'm so close with that team. And so that once in a while they'll like call me and you know, there's rev rec rules now, right. Public company, et cetera. And so someone's like, all right, yeah, like, we need this tool, but you know, budgets are frozen right now. We can't like, you know, we could do it in Q1. And you're like, okay, well, that's like not really when I want to do it. But like just simple things like, okay, well, like what if I sign you up now, but you don't pay me till Q1? Can you get that approved? Right. And then finance throws a hissy fix, right? That's going to th throw off my rev rack. Right. Because it's delayed billing and you're like, yeah, well, like figure it out. That's your job. Right. But like at the end of the day, you have a customer that's going to pay you this much per year. So it's like just like those little things around like creativity versus yeah. like it's getting stuck in the way that you used to do it. <laughs> right. I think. Yeah. Right. I'll, I'll only push back on you in that. I agree 100 percent. 
I just think most orgs, there's so much internal politics that, well, well, hold on. So what does that mean? So if I close this deal though, am I going to get that my commission and then my bonus is tied to that ARR number? Is that going to be in January? Like you just like, there's so much. That I, also comes put, so that. Like, I think that's actually a really important point. So I also think that part of it is like, things are different out there. So as an executive team, you need to have those conversations and you need to, he's giving me a thumbs up. I know we're on podcast, but we're on video. So everyone knows he gave me a thumbs up. You have to have those what conversations. If I, what if I just gave you the finger though? And- yeah. Then I would still say that he gave me a thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know any better. Um, <laughs> but like get aligned, right? And figure it out and do the right thing by your people, right? And if it's hard out there, you want people to feel motivated and like, and that you have their back. And yeah, our rules used to be that for the sake of it, that would be a Q1 deal. But like, no, that's a Q3 deal, right? Yep. I think it's great. All right. But the producer is in my ear telling me that we got to wrap. So All right. uh, Jake Randall, he's on LinkedIn. He's the COO at Common Room. He spent a decade at Okta before that. You can go and check out Common Room, uh, commonroom.io. And if you do just happen to check, if maybe, maybe just one person tells Jake that you came from exit five podcast, that'd be fun. Jake, we'll have to do like a, a part two of this sometime, because I would love to dig into like less about the common room stuff and more yeah. about just like so many revenue and market CMO, CRO lessons that I'm, that I'm sure we could share coming from where you sit. Thank you, sir. Good to, to see you. Um, Good to see you too, Dave. I'll Thanks talk to you time. later. All right. Bye. See ya. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Exit 5 Podcast. If you're in B2B marketing and you want to grow your career, you should also go and check out everything that we have over at Exit5.com. We've got articles, we've got videos, we've got templates. Plus, we have a community, a community of over 4,000 B2B marketing pros. Whether you're deep in your career and want to connect with your peers or just starting up and you want a place to go where you can see what people are talking about, get smarter about B2B marketing in your own time to grow your career and help grow your company, go and check it out. It's exit5.com. You can get on the email list there. You can join the community. There's 4,000 marketers in the community. We have a job board. We're always adding new stuff. It's really becoming the number one place you can go if you want to grow your career and learn more about B2B marketing outside of what you're doing inside of your company every day. So check it out, exit5.com. And I also want to make sure I give a shout out to my friends at Hatch. That's hatch.fm. They produce this podcast. It sounds amazing because of the work that they do. And they work with B2B companies just like yours. They offer unlimited podcast editing and strategy for businesses. You can get unlimited podcast editing and on-demand strategy for a low monthly cost. All you got to do is just upload your episode and they take care of the rest. Go and check them out. It's hatch.fm. Hello, hello, hello. This episode of the Exit 5 podcast is brought to you by Apollo.io. If you share a pipeline goal with your sales team, then you care about the deliverability of your team's outbound emails. No email visibility means no chance to get that meeting. This is the silent nightmare for marketers. We often don't even know that this is happening. The most common cause of it, it's actually an easy one to fix. You're not using the right tool. That's why hundreds of marketers at companies like Mutiny are switching to Apollo.io. Apollo has every tool you need to power your entire outbound and inbound motions. Yep, that's right. I said inbound emails too. You can ask their team about what that is. Marketers using Apollo have seen outbound email deliverability jump from 62% to 98% after making the switch. 98%, that means more replies, more meetings, and of course, more pipeline. Want to see what type of results you can get with Apollo? Head over to apollo.io slash e5. 
apollo.io slash e5. If you go there right now, their team will set you up with a free account for you. And as a thank you for your time, check this out. You're going to get a free annual membership to Exit 5. That's valued at $275 just for checking them out. And the tool is free. If you're not already a member, this is a great opportunity. And if you are and you want to learn more, go to apollo.io slash e5.